0: The following episode of Days of Thunder is brought to you as part of the Pro Wrestling Only podcast network. Go to ProWrestlingOnly.com to enjoy other fine podcasts, as well as match reviews, book reviews, video game reviews, and of course our forums. Let's start the show. Buddies and travelers down Thunder Road. It is us, days of thunder. The WCW Thunder Rewatch podcast that you didn't ask for, but we did anyway. Coming to you from the PWO Podcast Network. I'm your host, your commandant upon Thunder Road, Dave Ryan, and I'm joined by my ever faithful co-host, Stagger Lee Malone. Lee, how are you this week?
1: I am very good. How are you, pal? Yeah,
0: I'm all right. I am. Um Got a bit of podcaster's throat before we started here and just started coughing a lung up all of a sudden, in spite of the fact that I don't think I've, I've coughed once all day.
1: So, you know, more on that as events warrant. Well, I mean, that, that means we're starting to get back to normal. We're starting to get back into the swing.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, we're just back into our usual routine of me hacking just as I go to hit the record <laughs> switch. I was only, it in, only one. It was like,
1: I was just going to say, it's only one intro this time, though.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's unless we like, scrap this. Yeah, well, all one take Ryan. That's what they used to call me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I'm doing all right. I think um, it's nice to get back on the the podcast. Uh, I feel like the last week to two weeks of kind of the world of pro wrestling with investor calls and uh, the stuff in our local scene and stuff, it's all been fairly downtrodden and leaving me a bit kind of... about the old professional wrestling. But at least we can retreat to safe harbour. And even when it is a, a, a substandard episode of Thunder, as I'm sure we'll get to discuss. Uh, I think there's something that I, I feel getting back to Thunder for us is almost like a safety blanket. I was
1: just about to say there's something comfortable about dipping back into 1998.
0: Yeah, it's like the old pair of slippers you wear around the house. Yeah, there's there's holes in them yeah the soul has kind of fallen off a little bit but you know they're yours and they're comfortable and familiar um and there
1: was no brian adams i mean that's the most important thing
0: yeah there's no one there's no one coming around (laughs) giving me a one-arse cheek pile driver uh when i'm in my comfy slippers um but yeah um don't really have a a whole lot on uh Mm. but about yourself how are you kind of like trucking along here
1: um, yeah, it's been a good start of the year. I think it's now like it's the middle of February, and it's just it's kind of scary to think about. But um, yeah, we we uh, booked a holiday for next year today, actually.
0: Oh, you're planning 2021.
1: That's depressing. planning 2021. We are off to Disney World. Oh, Florida or Paris or Orlando? Yeah, Orlando, Florida. Well, it's it's uh, the little fella's communion next year. Oh Jesus, the big Linnea. dog i know so we said we'd do something big and we're off to off to orlando for two weeks so if anyone has any tips for going to the madness that we're going to bring upon ourselves down in orlando please send tips our way
0: my my understanding of um from i remember was it wrestlemania 24 was in orlando Um, was yeah I I remember from listening to various podcasters who were attempting to get to all the shows around there um, leave early uh, because the road system uh, like when you're travelling around Orlando because the road system and um, the signposting and the traffic doesn't work in the way you would think it would
1: well see I won't have the problem of going to try and find you know an indie show with you know, I don't know who will be on. Who was on an indie show in 2000 and what? Jeez, what year was that? Two thousand eight. It would have been two thousand eight, yeah. Who would have been on an indie show in two thousand eight? I I don't know, Michael Elgin. Yeah, Roddy. Roddy, yeah. So I I won't be going to find any of them. I'll just be going to the parks and yeah. water parks and breakfast with Mickey Mouse or whatever. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, he just he meets with all the guests. It's it's kind of like when you visit a head of state he has
1: to have <laughs> maybe you. maybe Bischoff will be in the impact zone or something by then again who knows uh, who knows who knows the world of wrestling—you just can't predict what's going to happen. you Just can There's a
0: TNA revival show happening over this WrestleMania weekend, so I, I
1: I'd so go to that. If in The states. I'm,
0: I'm really looking forward to that. Of all the WrestleMania shows, that like, that
1: and the ROH uh, throwback show are the two shows that I'm most anticipating this year so far.
0: Yeah, uh, like I, I, it's funny because like I think the meme, <clears throat> the meme show thing hit critical mass last year um mm-hmm. and there was a lot of ones i kind of just noped out of but i think like so we have the consistency of, of spring break is always great and i'm not just saying that because glacier showed up at the first one <laughs> um but yeah the like the the spring breaks are usually they get the right balance between meme show and like enjoyable kind of freak show dream matches and um then like of all the other memes like obviously Bloodsport is is circled in the calendar but mm-hmm. um i i think that uh the tna one has struck the right chord of self-aware and nostalgia so yeah, yeah. i'm I'm happy with that
1: and they're bringing um, back king of the mountain and who doesn't want that
0: i know uh the, the couple of announcements they've made so far are, are, are it's great stuff um not in the same way that that roh throwback show is great stuff it's an entirely different tone with this oh one.
1: yeah totally different uh version of great stuff
0: yeah it's very much that look we know but let's just have fun um so yeah i like that um but speaking of throwbacks i, I think we, we've beaten around the bush enough and we should uh, start heading towards talking a bit some thunderly and to do so we need to be armed with some adult beverages and what do you have this evening
1: I've mentioned already before this year I'm strictly on the whiskey. So I'm back on the bushmills this week. And I have a, a bushmills with a fuck ton of ice and a splash of lime.
0: Splash of lime. Uh, is it that you were intimidated by having to keep up on the untapped app um with
1: our exploits? Well, I just I don't like my alcoholism being public. So <laughs> I'd rather drink in solitude. And you know, not broadcast as I say this on a podcast.
0: <laughs> That's fair, it's very fair. Um, so you got your bush mills. I am, uh, I've gone with uh, a brewery that I, I tried something for for the first time uh, in September. Um, Beavertown, they had um, a lovely, uh, lovely beer called Gamma Ray, uh, that I tried not on the program, I don't think. Um, no,
1: that that doesn't ring a bell anyway.
0: Yeah, I tried it actually on tap in a, in a pub up in Dublin, and it was very, very nice. So, uh, on this show, I've gone with the Beaver Town Neck Oil Session IPA, which is both I, I, a great... Hang on,
1: hang on. Neck Oil.
0: Yes. It's a great name. There you it's go. Just like, For your ASMR fans there, there's the, <laughs> there's the can opening.
1: Is that like a take on the neck beard thing? Um... And beard could, oil it
0: could well be I like the name and I love the thing I really like about the Beaver Town range is they've got like really really cool uh, art on the cans like I feel when you're in an off license like everything kind of looks the same but then you get down mm-hmm. to the kind of IPAs and weird stuff section and like they get a bit creative and I like that and um, let me give this a go now oh that's very enjoyable yeah there's like a light kind of fruitiness to it not as strong as so the gamma ray that i tried was very um grapefruity i think Mm. if i remember rightly um there's a real trend in a lot of these beers to to lean on the grapefruit do you remember the one that i gave you a sip of the one that i had in germany didn't i oh yeah that that was very nice actually that was like grapefruit punch basically Mm. it was a grapefruit vice beer um, and that that was quite nice as well um but yeah the neck oil that that that'll do the trick for this show i think <laughs> <laughs> yeah thumbs up here um hey let's talk about it it's WCW Thunder, episode 21, June 18th, 1998, from Philadelphia, PA. Um, Our first actual Thunder program of 2020 that we're going to talk about. Uh, And Lee, fun fact to you about this one. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is a city I very nearly grew up in. What? Yeah. Um, So when I was about three years old, um, my dad had... um, he had been on a team that had, like, invented, like, developed something. He was an engineer, developed something that was very important for their company. Can't remember the name of the company. And essentially, the company was like, we're going to take all the money off this because you did it on company time. Um, and we're not going to give you, like, any of the <laughs> the millions that we're going to make oh, off Jesus. this. But, hey, if you'd like, we'll give you a promotion and you can start, like, your own team in our Philly office. So there was a brief consideration of my family moving to Philly when I was three. Which would have been funny because I would have been a child uh, when ECW was all the rage over in Philly. I wonder how my life would have gone. I'd be like a, like a, an annual visitor to Tournament of Death at this stage or some shit. So I have
1: one question on this. Please. Was your dad's boss Hank Scorpio?
0: I, if only if only i had been like reading a newspaper years after the fact i just see super villain sees his east coast and i'm like that guy looks familiar
1: because <laughs> that's very much what it sounds like
0: yeah um it, yeah it, it's a weird thing like it's one of those sliding doors things like i wonder where i would be now if that had happened uh but my family were kind of too much in the the homebird thing to to move over there so whenever i i think of, of philly or anything like that i that's that's immediately what comes to mind for me um <clears throat> to kick off this show as kind of like an, an excessive amount of pyro even for thunder starts the show uh, tony hypes that we need to stay tuned tonight because we're going to see the return of mongo mcmichael goldberg defending the us title news from the last 24 hours an update on savage's injury and the iwgp tag team champions now lee that is a real mixed bag of announcements for the show <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, why would you start off with the Mongo return?
0: Yeah. You're really burying the lead by putting the IWGP tag team titles last, I think.
1: And not only was it an injury for Macho, it was a career threatening injury. Yes. Yeah, it, like they they really should have started with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. There a pretty mo- like there is an argument he made for them starting with any of the other announcements apart from the return of Mongo. They love um, some
1: Mongo. What you know?
0: Yeah, why not? Um Show kicks off with Lee's favorite man, Conan, coming out with Lex Luger. Um, it, it's funny watching the two of them and the way they kind of, like, move and bounce around in the ring. And it's like, these two men have entirely different levels of cool. You know, uh, much as we do um, chastise young K-Dog on this program for young being repetitive or having terrible matches or, or, or things like that. Um, I think... One thing you can't away- take away from the man is he's incredibly cool.
1: Ah, uh, look, as much as I rag on him, he's he's very cool and very over at this stage in nineteen ninety
0: eight. Yeah, and he would remain like because here's the thing: like I remember watching WCW up until it would have been like the last six months when it was <clears> cut <throat> off, when it was cut off TNT over here. Mm. Um, and like up until then, like even though he was doing like the same promo on nitro on thunder every single week he he was still over as hell right to the bitter
1: end like the filthy animals were over up until like pretty much 2001
0: and that's the thing like you gotta like you know we're kind of at the age where like we want to see the new thing we want to see something because we've been around the block so long but um it's still a very catchphrase oriented business and Mm -hmm. you know coming out and essentially doing the same promo all the time like you think about the likes of say um new age outlaws over on the other program (laughs) you know that they're doing the same promo all the time and they were over as hell in the attitude era um so like repetition is even modern like i know they're they're men who have since been deservedly cancelled but enzo and Cass got over as hell in the in the modern era of the soft t- promo, t- 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 promo, t- yeah. ref- wrestling but yeah by doing like a, a, a <clears> the <throat> same 45 second promo every single week um so yeah i tell you,
1: like, I tell you the key to getting roman reigns over was sucker and every week
0: yeah, yeah he needed to, it's, the, the problem with that was that he only said it once absolutely um <laughs> But yeah, so the, the two guys come out. Um, one thing I really appreciated before the the, uh, the lads got down to business here was the camera cutting to like the world's biggest dad in the crowd, who's doing Conan's all which is a sensational overreach from world's whitest dad. Um, so Lex starts cutting a promo on the guys what was he says the guys in the back with pagers and cell phones that act like they're stars Uh, he says the people in Philly here he loves Philly because they tell it like it is Uh, then he starts uh, addressing directly Hollywood Hogan and all his suck ups that hang around him he says the reason that he was and is a big star is because the fans decided he was. It's funny because when he says like the fans decided you were popular, the fans boo this suggestion.
1: Yes, <laughs> no, I, I, I could I couldn't tell if they are booing Hogan or booing the suggestion that he wasn't the big star on his own.
0: It could have come off either way. Um, he puts over Goldberg, and it's brilliant now because we're at the stage where like Goldberg has caught and fi- caught fire to the extent where you're going to see people mention him. <laughs> on shows like baby other baby faces mention goldberg to get the kind of like rub (laughs)
1: of
0: respecting goldberg so he puts over goldberg as a guy who the fans have decided is the star now he says hogan doesn't like how popular the wolf pack is and that's why he's going to try and bury them to protect himself so it doesn't matter what hogan does savage is going to keep coming for him as well uh then references uh, an old promo of hogan's where he called the wolf pack little dogs and lex says now they're wolves um, what did you think of this one? It was a little bit rambly,
1: wasn't it? It just went on and on and on. Like, it, he he took little breaks here and there, but it was just constant, like, three minutes of just talking, 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 and he said nothing. Yeah. And one thing that really annoyed me was the house lights were just flashing constantly. It was yeah. like a really shitty nightclub
0: yeah it's doing the thing like that the thunder effects in the in the arena and it's yeah it's it's more than a little bit distracting i think um yeah it's funny how we could like we say it is repetition but like in this promo segment like conan got twice or three times as over as him by 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 saying nothing yeah (laughs) well like doing his little catchphrase and just handing the microphone over to lex Mm-hmm. Um, and you could say well Conan a very smart man like the longer he was going to talk the less over he was going to get so he did his bit got his pop and and he was done <laughs> um, so fair play to him on that um, yeah I wasn't really a huge fan of this it didn't it, it seemed meandering and aimless like it, this could have been a, a, like a 30 second backstage segment I thought I tell you Le- um, Lex
1: is lost without Shivani there to go them.
0: Yeah, and there was a lot of Shivani doing interviews tonight and that's what I was going to mm-hmm. say that like it, it, he's there's a couple of better interview segments coming up and either he could have done it with Tony or like just on a night where there aren't so many promos happening out in the arena. I, I think it, it 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 like it just got tiring after a while. Yeah. Um Tony announces then that after the return of Rodman recently on Nitro and after an incident that occurred on the Tonight Show bash at the beach will be hogan and rodman versus ddp and carl malone and this is the start of one of my favorite things in this program lee so at various points throughout this program they talk about this press conference and yes
1: this this press conference that they had no cameras at
0: yeah so rodman came back they beat down ddp something happened involving carl malone as well this was unspecified really um there was a Tonight Show, which was Jay Leno, um, and they they appeared on it. Something happened, and then as a result of this, there was a press conference in Los Angeles, the details of which seem to be a state secret.
1: secret. <laughs> yeah, sketchy.
0: Yeah, no one is talking about it. Heenan is spending half the night trying to call people and find out what's going on. Um, And... Uh, <laughs> despite the fact that no one knows what happened at the press conference, they do know there's a match. Uh, and it's going to be this tag team match happening at Bash at the Beach, which we're now on the road to. And I just love, it is the most, I tweeted this is it is like the most quintessential WCW thing to have
1: a top secret press conference. I just love that they had this press conference and it's obviously WCW arranged that they had no footage of the press have no footage of it. It's It just makes no sense. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. And the fact that instead of just saying, right, there was this big announcement, we'll show you the footage on Monday. They talk about it all night. Literally every match they bring up the press conference.
0: There was no reason to say the press conference had happened yesterday. They could have said there's no. going to be a press conference over the weekend. We will show it on Nitro. That it makes was- too much sense or they didn't have to say there was a press conference at all they could have said there was an incident and we're going to do a press conference about it You know, like it, oh it just yeah it's the most frustratingly WCW a press conference which is a, a tool designed to spread the word about something but is top secret absolutely incredible stuff here uh,
1: we I, then... I hope I hope Bill Aptor is one of the journalists
0: <laughs> it's just Bill Aptor and his camera
1: Bill Aptor and Gary Michael Capetta
0: we have seen bill after in these shows he is about um so we have a flashback then to hogan uh when he attacked savage in the cage uh new york on monday and this looked like i'll tell you what this looked like a fucking shit show uh to say the least my favorite thing about it is um so the the, the nwo black and white comes in and they they they're basically they're attacking savage and again in another quintessential WCW moment, ladies and gentlemen, who do you suppose got the killer blow that seems to have laid Savage out with an injury? No, not laid him out, ended his career. Yes, possibly ended his career. Not Hogan. Not the giant. Not Kurt Hennig. Not, not even, even Brett. Vi- what? Not even Brett. Not even not even Brett. Not even Vincent. Eric Bischoff with a karate kick.
1: (laughs) Which we should say was a slow motion TNA kick.
0: Yeah, it was horrendous. Um, The wolf pack tried to run to get into the cage. Uh, The mystery that seemed to be going on was who was it raised, raised the cage in the first place. Then we see one of the rarest sights in nature, and that is Kevin Nash sprinting. Uh, he ran towards the back to investigate. The technician had been attacked. It was later revealed that he'd been attacked by Vincent, which I refuse to believe, because Vincent would not do anything that was involving any effort at all unless there was a lot of cameras on him. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: at that point then, Nash gets the controls and raises the cage.
1: I love that the controls were a big button.
0: Yeah, just the, it, it's the it's the button from the, the, the playing episode of Father Ted. You know, Dougal yeah. staring at the red button, but it's just Vincent. Uh, so next we have the returning Mongo McMichael versus Mike Enos and his back knee and this was yeah
1: that's a very jacked Mike Enos
0: this is I think one of the the downsides for some of the WCW wrestlers Mm -hmm. that like this footage lives on and is now on uh, a high definition uh, streaming service that we can watch on extremely high definition TVs because I imagine like watching this on TBS Superstation back in the nineties, you wouldn't have been quite so easily able to see the cratered surface of this
1: man's mm-hmm. back. Um,
0: yeah, jacked hey, baby.
1: At least for my genus, we might not be able to see it on a high qual- high definition streaming network for too much longer.
0: Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> if anyone knows where to get three years worth of Thunder in a hurry, please do let me know. Um, what did we do deserve this, match,
1: Lee? I mean you want a hot start to a show. You don't put this match <laughs> out. Nope, this is not the one. This was I mean the Mongo Bulldog matches from a couple of weeks ago where Bulldog supposedly broke his arm were bad. Yeah. This was probably worse.
0: Yeah. What's worse than a, a your average Mongo match, putting Mongo in a match where he's not against a a crafty ring general of any description putting him in there with somebody who not as quite as lost as him but isn't going to be exactly carrying him to a a four star classic here um yeah this was ooh this was rough Tanay I will say uh does and I think it seems to be the case now at least for a while that uh Tanay has just fully replaced uh Lee Marshall poor Lee Um, so we should probably take a moment to silence poor Saggerly and his turtlenecks. Uh, hopefully we get to see him somewhere else besides the internet location. But it seems for now that Professor Iron Mike Dene is here. Um, he does a fantastic job uh, trying his damnedest to put Mongo over as a really tough guy. Um, Talking he,
1: he never missed an NFL game in his life yeah and the wCW officials forced him to take time off to uh, heal his broken arm
0: yeah now, this is i I think if it can be that like you know there's the the kind of you get a narrative in wrestling a lot of times like somebody is working through injury and I don't like it when it's like concussions and stuff but I think this is the good kind of like you know he's got an injury it's not like a brain damage potential injury but he's going to work through it because he's tough and yeah the idea that like he he proper broke his arm and wcw had to force him to take time off is is a great kind of way to put him over here
1: well, i'd say that more plays into the fact that mongo is indeed an idiot
0: yeah <laughs> that is true and him being an idiot and that arm do play into this match um so Enos jumps Mongo at the bell, which is like the... I, I, my God, if we took a drink for every time a match started with someone jumping somebody while they're taking off their jacket or whatever, we would be in hospital by the end of an average episode of Thunder, that's
1: for sure. <laughs> they love a jump start.
0: Oh my God. Um... So, yeah, he begins then by, like, working the arm around the ropes and they, they get to the outside. There's a shite walk brawl with uh, Mongo's trying to get away from Enos. He's selling the arm and he's kind of, he's cracking it off the steps and that. Uh, then we've got, what? so all of a sudden, just kind of out of nowhere, Mongo just hits a clothesline with the bad arm, completely stops selling the arm, chops himself in the arm... And then hits a, <laughs> a, a horrendous-looking three-point stance tackle.
1: Oh, the three-point stance where uh, I think it's Soneida says Mongo exploded, and he no more exploded than he gently rose to his feet and ran, and you know stepped towards Enos. If
0: if the explosion, if, if by explosion he meant like that, maybe the, the just the sheer force of him even. Getting into the three-point stance was enough that somehow Mike Enos was magically about a foot and a half in the air before Mongo anywhere
1: near him. Do you know what I want now? I want a three-point stance standoff between Mongo and Hacksaw Jim Duggan.
0: A stance-off? A stance-off.
1: Has to happen. I'll take that. Um, That'd be a moment in our sports.
0: It would. That would be the greatest night in the history of our sport. Mongo is fucking dreadful, man. Like... He's just like, he spent...
1: There's, there's no pretence about that one.
0: No, like, I, look, I, I don't want to be the guy that harps on about match psychology, but like, you're spending the first half of this match, right? And this is something that people rightfully batter modern WWE with, where you, you do a lot of limb work, and then when it is expedient, you just immediately stop Selling the limb, you forget mm-hmm. like that's ever happened. So, in spite of spending half the match selling the recently broken arm, literally 100% of his offense in the comeback is involving huge impact and clubbing blows with that right arm.
1: Because that's all he knows.
0: Yeah, that's all he knows how to do. His finisher
1: is gets... a tombstone.
0: Oh, yeah, which he then hits for the win and then um, in a sign of things to come starts making the horseman symbol to the crowd and holds up a horseman sign uh, the subtlety hammer in effect here at the end of the match
1: go with a horseman
0: oh well I don't want to ruin the surprise my friend
1: ah okay <laughs> uh,
0: we've got <clears throat> a flashback then to Hogan's promo about um, God. oh
1: the so many fucking Hogan flashbacks on this show.
0: The stuff we saw, the stuff that not only happened weeks ago, but we've already seen flashbacks of weeks ago. Uh,
1: okay. I wasn't imagining this. This was clips of weeks ago, wasn't it? It wasn't from yeah, the Nitro was, just passed.
0: This was like, I think either the Nitro before the pay-per-view or the Nitro before that we were watching uh, a clip from here. Um, the one Because they
1: he, never actually said, did they?
0: When it was? No, they yeah. didn't no um, this was the promo in the run up to the last pay-per-view where Hogan says something about um, Piper being like a sissy in a skirt and calling Savage the macho girl uh, then we've got our WCW Saturday night tease we've got DDP Van Hammer and Eddie Guerrero in action no idea against two but they'll be there um, Barry Darso all of them <laughs> all of them it's a Barry Darso gauntlet match
1: um <laughs>
0: raven is out next with the flock he's here to say that saturn was a tumor that needed to be removed from the flock he says reese is instructed to win him the u.s title and at which point reese goes to the back so this is kind of your reveal that the main event of thunder will be goldberg versus fucking reese for the u.s belt um i i enjoy how he uh raven brought him out just to tell him to go to the back great great stuff that,
1: that's a power move that's the
0: and that's Come with me Raven, and then then head
1: to the back, because I said
0: yeah. so. That is what Raven specializes in. He focuses back on Saturn again, reminding me of times when they were growing up and saying that Raven was always there for him, said it was Saturn that betrayed him, uh, and the flock said he, he not only could he not beat Canyon, but he had, and I quote, the unmitigated gall to try and put his <laughs> hands around Raven's throat, which is a, a great Unfor-
1: Unforgivable.
0: Yeah, indeed. How dare you put your hands on me, the poor Dauphin. Okay, uh, okay,
1: so I have a question at this point. Okay. Because, like I've said before, I remember bits and drabs about the history of WCW. Canyon and Raven were childhood friends at one stage. Um, In storyline.
0: I believe, because wasn't that kind of hinted at in that sitting down in the back promo?
1: Yeah, and I think it's like 1999-ish. Well, early 1999 and, like, Sandman is around, the, mm. they hint that con- or Canyon and Raven know Sandman going back years and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And maybe so, that would
0: explain how um, Raven got the costume for being a mortai on the pay-per-view. Is just, like, he used to hang around the gaff and had a few. He, he
1: knocked out the gaff when, when Canyon wasn't there and asked him after a lend of the costume.
0: Yeah. I just picture it being, like, you know, the white picket fence and there's a mailbox. It's, like, the mortais on
1: it. Or maybe he nicked it off the washing line.
0: Yeah, it's like, you know, Mortis opens his cupboard uh, or his his wardrobe to get dressed in the morning. It's like Homer Simpson's wardrobe where it's just like the Mortis costume about 12 different times. Instead
1: of white shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Canyon and Raven are childhood friends. Yeah. But now we're learning that Saturn and Raven are, in fact, childhood friends. Yeah, I mean, Saturn, so, has,
0: Saturn has kind of referenced this before,
1: he has or, like he's known
0: Raven many years but uh, go on yeah
1: so that means Saturn should know Canyon mm-hmm. and Raven should have known Canyon
0: and they should all know DDP
1: <laughs> and they should all know DDP yeah. but more importantly they should have known who the mystery man was Straight so away. all this time where Canyon was in disguise as himself yeah. surely they should have been able to recognize him
0: unless and I am absolutely on board for this narrative mortis has just been wearing the mask since birth
1: Ooh! so he was in he was in school as mortis
0: yeah he is such a master of disguise that no one was able to see his true form
1: that's that's an interesting theory
0: yeah and just to be safe he was wearing the fake nose under the mask obviously (laughs) i'm still mad about that um (laughs) So Saturn comes out next, and he says Raven betrayed him, and he is done with the flock. As he attempts to leave, they jump him. He manages to deck Raven. As Raven attempts to escape, Canyon arrives behind him, and he gives Raven a bunch as well. Uh, As he's halfway to the... This is, I think, maybe the coolest spot on the whole show, and it was so undersold by the broadcast, right? As Canyon is halfway into the ring, so he has, like, one leg in the ring, one leg on the apron rope between his legs Kidman runs at him and it, smooth as butter hip tosses Kidman while in the ropes over to the outside that always a great
1: classic. move it looked brilliant didn't it
0: yeah Um Canyon is his flatliner so hard on Lodi that his necklace flew off and I fucking creased up
1: laughing at that um, poor Lodi Lodi always gets a shippy outfit I know yeah <laughs>
0: but I'll tell you what an easy paycheck uh, Canyon and Saturn go nose to nose and then Saturn bails on them uh, next up we had that fucking five star Goldberg video package that we talked about again uh, I went and actually found it and posted it on our Twitter at WCW Thunderpod when I was watching this show holy shit in a minute do they do so much to get over this guy
1: oh, such a great promo that, that's what every promo package should be
0: Oh my God, honest to God. Like, this is, you know, like, when I think about the amount of television time that is wasted by WWE, by AEW, and you name it, to try and get guys over and just like, please, please like this guy. And here's a minute. And as I kind of said on Twitter, it's like, if I, this was my first episode of Thunder, and I saw this minute long video package, I'm like, that's the fucking guy.
1: Like, I feel like we should act Cody and just say, do this for Mux. Yeah, just do
0: this just pick a guy, do this for him, and you know step three, profit. Except Jimmy
1: except Jimmy Havoc. That's never happening.
0: Whoa. He's a sad ghosty. I don't know what you're talking about. Sad ghosts. (laughs) Never forget the sad ghost entrance. (laughs) My god.
1: Oh brilliant
0: um next up we have brad armstrong versus fit finley and i just noted uh during brad at armstrong's entrance he looked like a ginger mac from it's always sunny when he was coming out with his like his like his wife beater and just like the hench you know when he gets real hench in yeah. the show
1: yeah that's, he's that's just what mi- he he's just missing the duster
0: yeah pretty much uh <clears throat> I-, I wasn't expecting for like i i guess with finley i should have but like there's just some razzling here early on a lot of mm. slow paced exchange of holes and grapples um <clears throat> it's kind fit, of finley
1: seemed very distracted by the crowd in this one
0: yeah he did he, he I, I think the crowd weren't into this and fit was not happy about that um there's a great exchange on commentary here that warmed my heart and was a throwback to the old WWF and that was Heenan was attempting to insist that he was Irish and that somebody should give him a scotch and then Tony hit him with a would you stop? Shades of Gorilla, my friend.
1: Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Loved
0: it. Um, towards the end of this match Armstrong gets Finlay in an electric chair and I, I, I promise you this, Lee I with all the money in my pocket if this was 2020 and that spot happened, Finlay would have done a Poisoned Rana. Because that's just what wrestling is now.
1: It's that, like you know what? That, that's true.
0: Getting pops from old guys doing Poisoned Ranas and Destroyers is what wrestling is. Like so, I,
1: I, I still remember when Ric Flair did, took a bump off a ladder. Yeah. At WrestleMania 24, actually. Oh, my back. God.
0: Remember his ladder match with Edge? Oh, my God, Yes that was really good that was really good
1: but wasn't it him and Finley in the money in the Bank was yeah oh, I was 23 wasn't it
0: it was 23 yeah the one Kennedy won
1: and they like the two of them were just bumping all over the place off the ladder yeah, yeah. and uh, I think Flair did the Terry Funk thing of disappearing backstage only to come back half wrapped in fucking bandages yeah
0: remember they really put the rocket on Ken Kennedy for a few weeks there <laughs> oh man what everyone
1: likes Kennedy for a few weeks
0: so look here's the thing during that whole thing, the night he lost the briefcase because he was getting suspended was my favorite Ken Kennedy moment of all time. No, but that I was just... in he was injured. Was that the one where he was injured or was yeah, it when He, he was, was injured.
1: He got oh. suspended after that for uh, dropping Randy Orton on his head.
0: <laughs> um he, so the night he knew he was going to lose the briefcase, it was him versus Edge for the briefcase mm-hmm. and he, he cuts a promo backstage with Edge and uh, he he shouted Kennedy so loud that Edge's hair started billowing in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's honestly, I didn't pick it up at the time. But uh, I think it was Brian Alvarez was talking about it on a podcast and I went back and honest to God like he shouts it so loud that you can see Edge's hair move and it's, it's hysterically funny.
1: I'm going to have to go back and we'll look for that now.
0: Yeah, but now we're really getting away from this match. So, uh, yeah. Uh, look,
1: uh, fifthly, one with a fucking tombstone. What what more do you want?
0: You won with a tombstone and I'm just wondering like who is agenting tonight that you put two matches that finish with tombstone pile drivers back to back at the top of the show? Why is there two
1: wrestlers that use the tombstone? Why?
0: I... F- fuck knows like it could be one of those you know like those petty bischoff things like he he does the, he used to do the reading out results and stuff like that maybe this is like undertaker does the tombstone so we're just gonna kill the tombstone by giving it to mid carters that's not generous uh, they're not mid
1: carters no,
0: yeah. i'm definitely being generous to uh mongo by saying it's a mid carter um, I I loved as well at the end of this segment just before it cuts um, the dread in Heenan's voice when he remembered it was Goldberg versus Reese, and I know he's oh selling no. it as a dread that oh poor Goldberg, <laughs> but I know he's thinking poor us.
1: He just um, keep, every time they bring up Goldberg in action, he just keeps going oh no,
0: yeah.
1: I <laughs> oh, love Bobby. I must,
0: I must say Bobby had a great night tonight. I he really
1: did, um, and we did have to a, cherish these while we have them.
0: Absolutely, a legend. Um, we get a Rod Mo- Robin promo clip Which is just stuff we've fucking seen before Boring um, Tell you what's up
1: we- boring though What's next
0: <laughs> It's Disco versus Giant with Vincent Fucking uh, Disco
1: Disco this, this brought a smile to my face for the first time in this show
0: You, Chris and almost nobody else <laughs> <laughs>
1: He um, looked phenomenal
0: he was in good shape and he, he comes out here and he takes Tanae's headset to insist that he's put over as a new icon, I believe is what he said. The new icon um, of pro wrestling, yeah? So my favorite part about this, I didn't laugh at this, but what I did laugh is Tanae gets his headset back and Tony and Brain just chastise him for Don't a let him do that
1: again. Disco-
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't let this dork near our headsets anymore. It was brilliant.
1: I think uh, um, Heenan says he's not a man of violence or something like this. <laughs> yeah yeah but he's not to let them near uh, him again
0: uh, so uh, Giant comes out and he's doing his smoking thing again which is just so weird and awkward I I had a thought go on
1: so do you remember 2002 Big Show with the handlebar moustache and the uh, uh, the chinos the vest and the, the, the chinos cords. the cords yeah, yeah. yeah imagine that version of Big Show was here in 1998 smoking
0: that'd be very much like at that point he's just like he's like a teamster hanging around the docks that's exactly what
1: I was thinking he's one of the crew guys that just kind of strolled out to the ring
0: Jody is and I think that's the second episode in a row I've referenced this show but he's like one of the stevedores working on season two of The Wire it's just like a hard hat short at that point. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell. Uh, what I will say is Disco takes the microphone and gives maybe his his best ever line on a promo I've heard on Thunder where he tells Giant that smoking will stunt his growth. <laughs> it's like, yeah, good line, Disco. Very not wrong. He's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. Uh, Disco tries in vain to take down the Giant. Giant fucking kills him stone dead.
1: What a uh, lariat. Fucking hell.
0: <laughs> an unbelievable. Like, proper leaned into it. Uh chokeslam slam pins and, and like a real kind of delayed held him up there for a while uh, pins him with his arm folded while still smoking
1: uh, he sparks and, up again actually and then pins him
0: and I just can't stop thinking of the like when I see him smoking and I think of WXW's Bobby Guns I can't help but think of the white it's Paul White <laughs> that's been going in my head all the time
1: <laughs> uh, we'll make that happen one day
0: Wrestling has rotted my brain, my friend. Uh, Dean Malenko is out to talk to Big Tone. Uh, he, look, love Dean Malenko, the wrestler.
1: He should never talk.
0: Oh, my Jesus Christ. He, what I wrote here was, he very boringly says that Jericho <laughs> says he's trying to use every loophole to take the belt and duck him, Well, he will do everything in his power to take the belt back from him. The crowd do not give a fuck and as soon as I, i was just
1: gonna say honestly the fact that this guy got the biggest pop we've heard to like now what less than two months later yeah he's out here talking about getting vengeance and all this and it's just like nobody cares yeah
0: it's um yeah it's grim um my my favourite part of this whole thing by the way is like uh, Dean finishes his promo starts to walk away and Tony just goes and that my friends is emotion. Disagree Tony. Disagree. (laughs) (laughs) I did not see any trace of emotion there. Next we have an IWGP tag team title match.
1: No you don't.
0: Uh, As the British Bulldog and Jim the Anvil Nightheart take on Chono and Tenzan absolute lads by uh, the way the parodies
1: uh, I was having a a think about this (laughs) so I was just thinking I can imagine I I can't
0: stop thinking about
1: this imagine like backstage earlier in the day and Bulldog running up to Anvil well maybe not running but strolling up to Anvil and going Anvil I've got us a fucking title match (laughs) and Anvil would go like you, you got us a WCW tag team title match
0: Yeah, I just kept saying, where's my title shot? And they gave it to me. I should use this strategy a couple of years from now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, no, no, no. I've got us in the IWGP title match. And Anvil going, what's that? And then Bulldog would have said a couple of, you know, not very nice things that you can probably not say in 2020 about Tenzan and Chono. And then they would have just strolled out to the ring and had this match.
0: Yeah. Um, like, look, I know they have the association and there's the NWO Japan and stuff like this, but, like, the obvious, the current day parallel to this would be just, like, because this was not, like, apart from briefly mentioned at the top of the show, this was not really put over uh, for reasons that we would then go on to see. But, like, could you imagine, like, just watching AEW Dynamite this week and fucking Gorillas and Destiny come out and just are having a tag team title match with no build? I'd love that. It'd be fucking weird as hell. And this was weird as hell. But I'll tell you what, Chono and Tenzan, a couple of cool-looking fuckers. Ah, oh, they really
1: do. I, I love Chono. He's not, a great, he's not a great wrestler at all, but he's just fucking... He's cool as fuck.
0: The shine on these belts at the stage, very, very like they had just gotten replicas from a toy shop on the way over. Um, they they did, uh, Under the, the harsh TV light glare, they, they didn't look... Uh, no, fabulous. And They looked a little small as well. They looked like they were in the children's size. Um, they're just kind of like fairly discordant with what American viewers, I imagine, would uh, think of when they thought of uh, championships. Um, <laughs> I love, very early on in this match, uh, Heenan has a line about how... No, 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 because Heenan does the, 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 the shtick Jerry Lawler would do as well, where he slags off the Hark family all the time and very earnestly at one point Heenan's like no no we should be thankful to. Th- we should be thankful um... oh no sorry it was yeah you know we should be thankful it's like why should we be thankful we should be thankful to Bulldog and Nightheart because they married off two of their ugly daughters from the Hart
1: family <laughs> <laughs> it's like
0: Jesus Aww. wept um, yeah so poor the, Diana the, <laughs> the team, yeah, the team I have, I have, I will henceforth refer to as the Night Bulls, uh, start gaining momentum here, and pretty much like well, just hang, as hang they...
1: on, what, why the Night Bulls? What? Why? Why are you calling them that? Why not Bullheart is right there. It's Bulldog and Nightheart. Yeah, but, Nide Bulls. but it's Bullheart.
0: Bull. <laughs> I'm gonna call them the Night Bulls. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> right. we
1: have to put this one out to out to the Thunder Buddies.
0: Fine, no bulls or bullharts. <laughs> have your say at WCW Thunderball. What the are we doing? This fucking neck oil is hitting me up in I'll tell you that. Oh my god. But definitely,
1: definitely vote for bullharts.
0: Definitely vote for neck oil, I'll tell you that. <laughs> On my second can here. Good times. Um, uh,
1: yeah, this batch so was yep. fucking bad.
0: Pretty much just as the team, as yet to be named, start gaining momentum. Uh, Bulldog hits a power slam on Tenzan, and uh, Chona runs in and hits Bulldog with a tiny belt for the DQ. And yeah, it was it didn't last long, uh, and yet somehow still outstayed its welcome.
1: That's what a Bullheart match will do for
0: you. Or an eyed bulls match, who knows. Uh <laughs> Next up, uh, Hogan from Nitro messing with the pyro with the wolf pack trapped in the middle of the ring. Uh, My favorite part about this is, like, himself and Rodman just smoking cigars in the crowd. And Eric Bischoff is there with them. And, like, right towards the end of this segment, the camera pans out a little more. You see, like, Brett was there that whole time.
1: Okay, I had the exact same thought. I was like, oh, my God, Brett was just in the background in his Hogan shirt.
0: This man was one of the, like one of the top two in WWF
1: S- what six seven, months before months yeah.
0: previously yeah <laughs> and now he's just in a non-speaking role in the corner of a Hulk Hogan Dennis Rodman promo he's he-
1: henchman number three now
0: look at least he rinsed him for a bit of cash you know <laughs> fucking hell um Tony is back on the ramp again with Rick Rude, but, you know, at least with Rick Rude, we're actually going to get some, like, some quality here. Uh,
1: I'll tell you what wasn't quality, his fucking haircut.
0: No, it wasn't, but um, he he is a man of substance on the microphone, and that is for sure, and I think he did a great job here. Um, he says he can't send a boy To do a man's job He a Conan is tough But Goldberg blew him away In the ring He says Col- uh, You would expect Hennig with him But he's currently In a training camp With Brad Rengans uh, And did that name Strike a chord with you In your head by any chance? It did And I think that's a guy Who like Has been referenced on wrestling television especially mm-hmm. when they're talking about like shooters yeah uh, on wrestling television so i had to look him up and like brad rangans was like a two-time olympian uh he has two american gold medals from uh, the pan-american games and a bronze from the world championship so like a proper like decorated amateur wrestler uh, yeah amateur wrestler and he's from the, the minnesota area as well um he said, "For some, fame can lead to fortune. For some, it leads to failure." He says, "Bill is no longer the man he was. He's begun to soften. He's in limos, leer jets, at autograph signings. Meanwhile, Kurt Hennig is training like he never has before." Lee, I love a bit of pure sports build. Mm-hmm. Like and I, this was I, good I, shit.
1: I didn't even list out all the stuff he was saying, but at the end of it, I just said, "That's a fucking promo. That, like, that's how you sell somebody getting ready for the biggest match of their life."
0: N- I know how this match is going to end and I still want to see it. Oh yeah. you know what I mean? Um, And like, I don't know if they ever do. I can't remember. But like, there needs to be a video package of him training. You know. But look, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, He says, he's going to be in Kurt's corner for the match and we're going to find out if he is the hottest thing the sport has ever produced or just another flash in the pan. I I love that. He,
1: He says to Shivani, where do you think I'm going to be for that match? And Jorani's yeah. just like, uh, well, you, you'll be in Henning's corner. Damn yeah, right. Yeah, I'll be
0: in <laughs> <laughs> And uh, finishing off the segment with today putting Brad Rengans over. Uh, next up, we have Alex Wright versus Conan. Uh, during these entrances, the, the top-secret press conference has Heenan absolutely flabbergasted. Uh, he says he rang a friend to ask about it, and his friend told him he's going to have to wait till Monday like everybody else. Why? Why does he have to wait? It's a pro-
1: oh. hey, he's not much of a friend.
0: No, not much of a friend. I'll say that. Uh, I said that this is the, maybe the best Heenan line of the show because I completely don't get it and it seems like just uh, four layers of an in joke on here he said he they, after that phone call he went to ask Lee Marshall but he was out walking his parrot at the time
1: yeah that's definitely an in joke
0: I have no because
1: I have, yeah I don't get that at all
0: I've next to no idea but I was roaring laughing at it nonetheless because there was that moment of silence that you know the guys hit their cough button because he popped them mhm um Wright is the aggressor early uh, uh, whipping Conan with
1: hang on can, can I just Sorry. say Alex Wright's pants are very tight
0: they are even on the Alex Wright scale they're at a 10 and pair. I
1: tell you what good for him
0: <laughs> fair play to him doing well for himself we'll say that Um he comes out dancing but apparently he's a heel and he starts this match very aggressively whipping Conan with his jacket and stomping him very viciously in the corner Um the, the commentary are trying to catch you up and basically go, oh, yeah, yeah. They may as well have gone, yeah, yeah, he's a heel now. Um,
1: <laughs> well, Tony Schiavone hates him for dancing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So now he's got a heel dancing gimmick, which is great stuff. Um, Conan starts firing up and Rude is back out to distract Conan. Somehow this isn't the finish. The match just keeps going. And uh, they go back and forth for a while. Uh, even though he is a heel, they, they put over Alex Wright's toughness from coming back from a serious injury. Uh... Conan finished this match again. We're loath to give Conan credit, but credit where credit's due. He finishes this match with a cool Lucha roll-up, but it's funny because it was such a subtle roll-up that the crowd didn't get that it was the finish at all and didn't bite.
1: It was like a very gentle SOS.
0: Yeah, it was... um and he got him and, and then Tony like kind of rushing to explain to the people at home he explains the mechanics of the finish and I thought his actual explanation was pretty cool mm. Um but you know the horse had already bolted at that point I think
1: and hey where did Rick Root go for the finish because he was at ringside and then he was gone
0: yeah just vanished Yeah, my work here is done wait what um then we get a, th- a throwback, another throwback to something we've already seen. Uh, DDP being beaten with chairs when Rodman re-emerged a few weeks ago. And then more footage of Hogan calling people out. Uh, next up, Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Benoit. Hello. <laughs> um, I didn't even take notes for this one, Lee. This is fucking great wrestling.
1: I tell you what, Chris Benoit got the biggest pop of the night so far.
0: Yeah, and we're nearly at the end of the show. So there's only one man coming up who's getting a better pop than him. Uh, even though there's some hometown boys in the match we're going to talk about next, but uh, and yeah, I te- I, te-
1: was... I tell you what, it's amazing that Eddie Guerrero still elicits Eddie Sucks chance every like everywhere they go, every time he's wrestling, the crowd are on his back.
0: And I gotta say, during his entrance here, was a, a, about a twenty on the Eddie scale. Oh scale. yeah, yeah. He, He's yeah, looking very ver-
1: very sullen. Is the way I describe him.
0: Oh my god, indeed. Um, he this was a belter of a sprint. Um, just real high pace stuff they got all their shit in but not in a way that made you feel like they They're were they getting all the like, shit in yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. like they, they they hit everything you'd want to hit match ends Benoit wins with a cross face then immediately the segment goes off a cliff because Chavo is here and he's he barks at Penzer when he's trying to get the microphone off him that he gives Eddie like a pep talk that's also a burial uh, he weirded everybody out and Eddie just left
1: I mean that's Chavo's life isn't it he weirded everyone out yeah
0: yeah absolutely and here next up we have the match that i know you were dying to see this this weekly and that was Riggs and sick boy versus the public enemy who are still in wcw i
1: tell you what when we started this show it was for matches like this it was
0: yeah that these absolute match classics in this philly street fight um
1: i tell you what do you know who didn't get a massive pop The public enemy, (laughs)
0: in 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 Philly, they didn't get a pop. That is poor. They they got the crowd over by the by the end somehow a little bit. They were kind of into it. Um, yeah, this was this was shite. Um, there was a great back and forth with uh with Tony and Brain here, where um I think is it Riggs has the toilet seat round his head, um. And <laughs> Brain's like, oh, it's one of those picture frames with a flap. And Tony laughs and says, it's a toilet seat. And <laughs> Brain replies, every time I see one of those, I think of you, Tony. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God. What a uh,
0: lo- Lodi distracts for the lads to get the jump. Uh, an awful, 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 awful garbage brawl ensues. Uh, Johnny Grunge, was it maybe 90 seconds before he was completely blown up?
1: I tell you what, is Johnny Grunge the worst wrestler in WCW?
0: Um, He's in him with a strong shout. Uh, As we always advocate on this show, children, please do not emulate the grunge. Um, He was not in great shape here. Not to say, like, Flyboy Rocco Rock was in marathon running condition, but, like, my god, this guy was like Brock Lesnar red about 90 seconds in and sucking air. Um, Very, very poor showing from uh, from, uh, Johnny Grunge here. Um, right, <laughs> and, Sorry, another great line from Brain here. So, at one point, Rocco uh, got, like, the head off a plunger and starts attacking Sick Boy with it. I watched, At which point, Brain's like, because uh, Tony describes it as a plunger head, and Brain is like, I thought it was a rubber wine glass. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah,
1: he has no time for this, and why should he?
0: Yeah, um... The finish is Rocco Rock hitting the assisted tri-fi, which is their kind of, like, assisted senton, uh, onto rigs, through two tables. It looked like a cool spot. Uh, The one thing I will give them credit for is that, like, because they set this up during their entrance. So I had, until they went to do the spot, completely forgotten about the tables, which is the goal with the multi-table thing, is you're supposed to make people forget it's there and not have it as, like, a a Chekhov's gun sort of thing. (laughs) Um, So, yeah... um, the crowd liked Public Enemy by the end, but they did, they were, like, just... There was that kind of... It wasn't silent, but it was that kind of... Uh, just noise that people were just talking, and they weren't paying attention during this one. Um, before our main event, we get a different, but also cool, if not quite as cool, Goldberg video. Yeah, another, Kind of put uh, over the same things, rather than show the same video it, package. Another good
1: one. You can mark that yeah. up as a good point. Uh,
0: next up, we get to... Our main event of the evening, and it's Goldberg versus Reese. I know you're all waiting on the edge of your seats to see how this one finished. Um, Go- Goldberg, again, who hasn't
1: had the match since the uh, pay per view, because he went 100 yeah. and at to pay per view, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he did. Well, you know, he took a week off, he deserved it. Uh, but um, yeah, Reese already in the ring, proper job or entrance, rightfully so. Um, and Goldberg again here. It's just, his reactions, the reactions he gets compared to everybody else in this company is outrageous, isn't it?
1: Oh, there's like, there's Goldberg and then there's everyone else. It's just, it's not even close. Yeah. Like, this is, like, anyone that's anyone that's a WWE fan, now, go back and look at the reaction that this man gets. That's a pop. Yeah.
0: yeah. Absolutely. Goldberg overpowers Reese earlier on. Uh, they're up in the corner and Horace gets up on the apron and hits him with a stop sign. And in one of my loudest laughs on the whole show, Goldberg responds by Superman punching the stop sign oh into his God, face. What
1: a what a fucking move.
0: Uh, Reese then hits a, a, a gigantic vertical suplex, which Goldberg no-sold and is up straight away. Hits a spear uh, that kind of, it was like less of a bump and more of an avalanche mm-hmm. uh, from Reese and I was thinking is he going to and before I even got that he got him up for the jackhammer an unbelievable feat of strength here I tell you what
1: it's a great visual isn't it
0: it really is like and now I I can confidently say him having done that to Reese there is no one in this company he cannot hit that move on you know that's one of the things people say professional wrestlers is like um, I remember it was something that people said a lot about Punk when he started in WWE and was doing the go to sleep it's like are you going to hit this move on, like, Kane or Kali or the big show? Uh, I fully believe Goldberg can hit the jackhammer on any yeah. living man. And probably still can. I'm sure
1: you could, actually, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, an almighty jackhammer and a win. And, and that's the end of your
1: show. <laughs> I tell you what, the, the way the show ends with Goldberg back on the ramp and all the pyro going off around him as he holds up the US belt, that's, like that's the first kind of sign that right they know this guy is yeah. he's the man now on WCW that's it yeah
0: they know this and something I was noting with much glee uh, earlier in the show uh, did you notice them uh, promoting advanced Georgia ticket Dome. sales yeah. for the Georgia Dome yeah.
1: <laughs> I took that so, I heard that and I went oh that's coming up that's right yeah
0: yeah we're on the path to one of the most significant and, moments in and the that's DC what I mean I,
1: I loved the way the show ended then just like that's it's yeah. it's just perfect. Like, that That was, that's the best ending to the show.
0: Do you know what's weird is that the actual, I, I I believe it's this match, yeah, the entirety of the Goldberg-Reese match, WWE put this on YouTube. Really? Yeah, I was looking for the Goldberg video package and I came across this instead. Um, it's a perfectly
1: which, fine, what, minute and a half match?
0: Yeah, yeah, if that. Um, so, like, overall on the show, Lee, before we get to our winners and losers, I feel like you know as we talked about it there it kind of feels like it went by in a flash and in some ways like i i kind of i watched it in one sitting i it wasn't so exhaustingly bad that i had to stop and like pace around the house or anything like that but jesus like it was missing a lot and i don't want to put it all on this but it's noticeable that i think this might be the first thunder that we haven't seen chris jericho on
1: I was thinking that when I was watching it as well. Actually, I I also watched it all in one sitting and got through it fairly easy. Like it was, it was an okay watch. Like it wasn't. It's definitely not the worst episode we've put up with. No. But it was definitely missing a couple of those entertaining aspects.
0: Yeah. Well, there was no DDP, no um, Hogan, no Savage, no. Um jericho as i say so there was like there was a lot there was no random cruiserweight match to pick up the pace in the mm. middle of the show
1: no luchadors uh, yeah
0: yeah so it was kind of yeah it, it felt like it was missing something um to make it a, a kind of better watch and in
1: spite of that it was still mm, a good episode i think
0: yeah yeah i like, on like the, they, the they built it the main event properly yeah like it was it was one of the more logically put together programs we've watched so Mm -hmm. far in terms of like the main event was the most overmatched there was kind of like a garbage brawl to take the crowd kind of like give them a bit of a piss break right before it um nothing you know with the exception of the um mike enos versus mongo match nothing outstayed its welcome i don't think too much um I think the only major quibble I had with the show was the top secret press
1: conference concept. But, like... <laughs> but that's more funny than annoying, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was one of the kind of like, it's almost, it's it falls in that territory where it wasn't so good that we're raving about it, but it wasn't so bad that we could spend another half hour ripping the piss out of like we normally would.
1: Yeah, it's nothing, nothing egregious, shall we say, on the show. Yeah,
0: which I was as surprised as anybody else about that. Um, it hit me, Lee, with your winners and losers from this episode of Thunder.
1: Oh, the winner is Goldberg. Like fucking, there's no no competition on that one. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't
0: think anyone's close. Like
1: the the whole show was built around his his appearance in the main event. Um, mm-hmm. The losers, um, Public Enemy, not getting a pop in yeah, their hometown.
0: That,
1: that that's a really bad sign. I think.
0: Yeah, um, I think that's a good it, show. It'd be- It's them or Mongo who, like... Well, all of us were having to put up with Mongo. Yeah, Mongo won, wasn't really that over, and uh, even after he won, it took him doing the Four Horsemen stuff to get anyone interested. And were they really interested? Uh, They were interested in the Horsemen, but in the hopes that maybe the Horsemen wouldn't involve him. (laughs) Um, yeah no I, I can't dis- disagree with any of your takes there that's for sure Uh, to, to wrap us up your finish counter brought to you by Ludwig Borga for episode 21 of Thunder we had 8 matches inexplicably 8 matches in 2 hours here Uh, 7 clean finishes and 1 DQ slash count out uh, so that like that's an incredible rate of return as time goes on we will not get 7 out of 8 clean finishes on these shows let me tell you no um so yeah uh that's gonna do us for another episode of uh Days of Thunder um at WCW Thunder Pod is the best place to follow us we love to interact with the Thunder Buddies on there please give us like your thoughts on this episode our next episode previous episodes we love um one of my favorite things that we're getting on our Twitter account is people who are newly finding us and tweeting about how they're doing a big catch-up of the show you're insane So
1: we, we like to hear stuff <laughs> like that but I said they're insane but you know it's welcome
0: fair play to them welcome to the Thunder Buddy family one and all um But, uh, you know, in addition to that, like, it's great to like, there's so much I've already forgotten about what we've watched that when people just send us things that either of us have said out of context or stuff that we (laughs) talked about, it pops me all over again. So I enjoy that. But I enjoy any level of of interaction we get there. Um, I've kind of been slacking on my tweeting from that account myself the last couple of weeks, but uh, I I need to get back on there, get back in the habit, get back on the saddle. Um, Individually, I'm at the day to day. Lee is at Malone underscore 713. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks talking, talking episode 22 of WCW Thunder. Uh, until then, chill out, take a break, enjoy a nice can of neck oil like I have. Or <laughs> uh, have a nice whiskey. At, or have a nice whiskey. Look after yourselves and we'll talk to you again soon. I can see through the scars inside you.
1: I can feel the thunder Breaking in your heart. I can see through the
0: scars inside.